welcome everybody if you are new here this is the saniac podcast where we host live weekly recaps of mtv's the challenge and we give you a weekly roundup on all the juicy tea from the challenge universe i am shawnee suisa and i run a podcast network and i am zach calhoun i am the shit talking savant the gray hair owner and i'm a shane stan Oh, wow. He's coming out as a real Shane Stan. It's official. I'm a Stan now. (laughs) Feel free to add us on any social media platforms, particularly if you disagree. We love a good debate. Also, let us know where you're watching from. Drop your location in the comment section. Whether you're watching live or playing this back on the rebroadcast, we will always come back and scope through the comments throughout the week. So just feel free to chime in um, whenever you're watching. All right, so today we're just going to head straight into the precap again. Um, precap stuff. We have some juicy little tidbits. We don't want to spend too much time on the precap, but we have to chime in on a few things that happened this week. Zach, talk to us about Johnny Bananas. <laughs> First and foremost, everyone, uh, I do <laughs> want to send out an apology ahead of time. You know, real life does happen in the podcast industry. I am broadcasting right now from my beach house. So if the audio quality sucks, it's because we're in unfamiliar territory here. We're making do with what we got. Um, But anyways, there was a lot to talk about. Um, (laughs) I was all set to talk about this episode. I was all set to talk about, and we'll get into it a little bit, you know, nice little old school reunion that happened uh, within the last 24 hours. And then about two hours ago, my phone starts blowing up because I guess there's a Johnny Banana sex tape. (laughs) I, I don't know what to say. To watch this. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Um, I've seen some very important screen grabs that some people were kind enough to get for me. Uh, it appears that the rumors about Johnny are true. Uh, <laughs> what are the rumors? What I don't know the rumors. <laughs> well, the rumors are that um, I see really small, really the, big. Yeah, yeah. The size of the note that covered him up. Uh, it probably could have been even smaller. Oh shit! All right, well we'll definitely no have to check that out. Chinese. You know, I it's about, feel about how you use it. I I feel bad that Hannah was the one who. Just everybody knows this is a sex tape with his ex Hannah, who um, I actually was always quite a fan of. And it's a little bit sad that it was her that got hacked, but at the same time, I think the Challenge Universe is very thrilled for what's to come. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems like that uh, that is where this came from. There was a hack on Hannah's phone, and there is you know some material on there from from what i've uh, i've seen and heard i've not done a full deep dive into this yet but um you know we are fans of the challenge and the universe and all that's going on so i'm sure that uh shimmy and i will be doing some <laughs> close-up research on this topic after the show yes um all right so let's talk as well about the beth cyrus and eric niece visit to the la house so i know you were really excited about this calhoun was basically crying on messenger to me about how emotional (laughs) he got with this la house visit so um let's hear what was your thoughts i've got i've got a lot i want to say about this um i am a fan of the show going all the way back uh you know being very young and watching it and appreciating it and watching on TV. And I feel very strongly uh, that it's important for people who watch the shows now to embrace the history of the show and understand what it was, like what a phenomenon it was. Uh, You know, those first 
10 or so seasons of Real World are really unbelievable, groundbreaking television. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of young people who watch the challenge now, younger people who were born like after the 90s were over, which is really hard for me to even comprehend since I lived through them. Um, <laughs> but it was like so major to me to watch that. And what it was some emotion to see that because there was like there was just genuineling there watching Cyrus and Beth and freaking Eric Neese who last I heard from Mark Long I think when he was on Challenge Mania Eric lives like completely off the grid in Hawaii and he's apparently back stateside for a couple weeks so I'm wondering if we'll get like more of him oh that um, would be cool I didn't know he lives off the grid in Hawaii I love yes. that it reminds yeah. me of like a huddle so, in a way yeah, exactly. And apparently he, he said on the video, like, I'm going to be here for a couple of weeks. So maybe, maybe something else is brewing. I, I don't know. But watching him walk through the house, uh, you know, 25 years later, and, and they're, you know, just going through, oh, here's where the David incident happened. Here's where, <laughs> here's where all this stuff went down. And it was so cool to see. And I really encourage anyone who likes watching mtv or likes watching reality tv to check that out and enjoy it and appreciate where people came from by the way beth looks unbelievable oh my yeah God. yeah beth is looking great i would love to get her in i she said that she would come in for an interview at some point once um illusion beverly hills sort of relaxes by the way that's a plug for beth right there she has a new lash company called illusion beverly hills they do false lashes and things like that um and i believe extensions and such but yeah it's really cool having seen the real world go through so many different phases. And I know now, obviously, it's less real. I mean, obviously, the show is not on anymore. So we have nothing to compare mm -hmm. it to. But for the past, you know, maybe five seasons, four seasons, three seasons, whatever it was, there was really a disconnect from the original real world to what it ended up becoming, because the real world used to be a place where it, there was so many authentic issues that were being put to the forefront of young media with MTV and with the real world that they were able to get a lot of discussions going on. You know, there's, you know, the start of LGBT rights. I mean, all of these movements, a lot of that was propelled by the media that was influencing the young and that was definitely the real world. So it had a huge impact back in the day and it really got into some real shit. And I think now we just don't see that in the same kind of way. So I could see why there's that emotional connection and that nostalgia, you know, the old school real world vibes, uh, you know, back in the day, those first seasons, I mean, those were amazing. Those really touched a lot of people um, and a lot of people's hearts. And I know people who have been watching it since the first season of the real world all the way to now. So that's a big deal. You know, that's a show with longevity right there. Um, and there's definitely something there. Uh, um, Eric also no, looks pretty good, by the way. He's, he seems pretty Eric fit. Looks yeah. Yeah, he looks really good. Um, and if anyone hasn't seen Real World Los Angeles, I'm sure a lot of you out there haven't, look up what Beth used to look like and then look <laughs> at her now. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, like I'm sure Beth's had some work done in her life, but she's had like good work done. She's like a good plastic surgeon, uh, a surgery model. Good example of it. She looks great. Yeah, um, she's really great work done. Uh, absolutely. Uh, one thing I would say is actually a missed opportunity was when I was looking at kind of the social media reactions to them walking through the house, um, I noticed that Cyrus, uh, no, I'm sorry, Beth tagged Tammy Roman in it. 
Uh, for those who don't know, Tammy Roman was on, you know, Tammy Roman's on Basketball Wives or was on Basketball Wives. She was also on The Real World Los Angeles. She yeah. was on the second season of Real World. She was a major character early on in the show. Like she had a, an abortion on, when she was on The Real World. Like that was a major storyline. Oh think, my God, I forgot about that. I don't think anything like that had ever been done on, on television before. And uh, Beth tagged her and, and included her and, and was like oh Tammy you know here we are at the house and Tammy responded and Tammy was like man I wish you guys would have hit me up I would have come through and I was like oh we could have had Tammy there too that would have been, been epic and that would have yeah. gotten so much more coverage for them as well yeah uh, I, I would love to see Tammy return to her you know her MTV roots in in, in some way and and get back into it a little bit but uh, I would definitely take what we got that was awesome Mm-hmm. And that leads us into, uh, I think that's all we have for the precap. So I think that leads us into what I thought was another good episode. Yeah, I think it was good. I I was overall, I was pleased with the episode. I'm not going to lie. I, I think we were spoiled last week with the pacing. So it mm-hmm. just felt slower to me. Of course, it was slower than last week's. But in general, I mean, if you think about it, we got a full elimination and a full daily challenge. So already that's, you know, an improvement from TV. It seems like they're pacing the show a lot better um, than the first few episodes. So, you know, I was pleased. I thought that there was some good fights, um, a lot of condescending Shane. So I know you'll be pleased. (laughs) We're going to talk about Shane so much. If you guys like Shane, you got to tune in. If you guys hate Shane, I was inviting haters before we even started. I, I was on my threads talking to haters saying, hey, you come into the live tonight. If you want to get clapped, I'll clap you. And if you <laughs> want to try and step up, you can try and step up. But, you Who know, the fuck are we're, you we're clapping? Talking. Oh, I'll clap someone. They, they come in here, they're getting clapped. All right, all right. We're clapping um, people. This is the thing about the show and how MTV wants to focus on interpersonal drama. Um, when the drama is good, when the juice is good, it's so worth it to watch. Yeah. Uh, and in the case of this episode, that's exactly what we got. The drama, thanks to my guy, Shady Shane, my guy, um, I am a stan. It was so good. The drama was, I, I was laughing out loud. And this is the difference between them trying to hype up Brad and Brittany for three straight episodes, which did nothing. It was and so then, bad. That was the worst hype up. And then with with like no hype at all, other than a little bit of shine in the in the preview for in the trailer from last week, we get this. We get Shane versus Johnny, Shane versus Kara, Shane versus Jose. It was uh, Shane was just taking a chain gun to the Shane entire versus, house. Shane versus the world. Um, yeah, definitely lots of Shane this episode. All right, so let's start it off. We have Armageddon. So we open the episode in Armageddon. Obviously, there's a continuation from the start to the last elimination. We know that Angela and Faith are going in, and we know that they're competing against Hunter and Ashley, the mercenaries. Um, So the elimination was called No Slack. And I'll give you guys a quick breakdown on how it went so you guys can follow. So they were harnessed together between these walls with no slack between them. Um, And when TJ said go, the person in the back punches through the wooden window that's a part of the wall um, and climbs through, which then creates enough slack for the person in front of them, their partner, to start punching through the next wooden window um, and so forth. So there essentially is just like a train, you know, they have to punch through one window, 
give enough slack for the next person to punch through the next window and continue on until they make it through all of their walls, which is about six walls, uh, and then they have to hit their bell. The loser goes to Redemption House. So to me, that was pretty interesting because that means that Ashley and Hunter, who were mercenaries, would have also gone to Redemption House. Um, TJ makes a comment that it's going to be really hard to get back in. So obviously, that's not the ideal path to take. Um, so I thought that that was that to me showed the precedent that they're setting for the rest of the mercenaries. So it's really, you know, they're just bringing in new cast. It's not like they're bringing in these mercenaries for a one hit wonder elimination. They're bringing them in to potentially either, you know, beat these people and come into the game immediately or go into redemption house and then come in later on. So, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, I guess, privilege given to the mercenaries coming in. Uh, so there were a couple things that stood out about this elimination to me, first and foremost, before everything started, um, if you guys caught it, there was a really quick second there where TJ's explaining the elimination, then, he, then he's getting everyone ready. He's like, all right, here we go. And behind Faith and Angela's back, Ashley looks at them and does like a little, a little wave, a little wave bye-bye to them. And she starts, starts laughing and Faith and Angela didn't realize what was going on. I got a kick out of that. That's, you know, that's Ashley's playbook right there. Um, and in the elimination itself, I mean... I don't, I don't think it was editing from what I could see and M MTV put up like the, the count and said like, I mean, Faith and Angela were winning. They were right there. It looked like they were up four to two at one point mm -hmm. and were ahead. And then Faith, you know, I think it's a combo of runs out of gas. And then she said that like her, her thumbnail was, was bothering her. Um, yeah. I think she punched through her thumbnail or something and it sort yeah. of broke off. And I mean, I, I understand where she's coming from because to me, like punching through a wall, although that would be super painful, would be less painful than like if my nail ripped, you know? And then that's that's so much harder to then continue on because it's like a paper cut. The smaller things sometimes hurt a lot more. Um, so I think that was harder for her. She thought I could see it really hit her, but Angela was killing it throughout the whole thing. Angela clearly has experience throwing fists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she did a great job and i could hear people yelling in the background to faith like faith hammer fist that they were saying like you know like she hurt her thumb because she was punching with her thumb so they were saying like hammer fist like this so that you're mm. not using your thumb with 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 the, the underside of your hand and yeah you, i was also thinking elbow as well it, something along yeah, those lines yeah she was thinking her head um she <laughs> used her head to get through <laughs> that was funny i thought that that was crazy but that also just goes to show only so you know only somebody on a reality tv show would use their head to try and conk through something <laughs> yeah and i mean i think most people thought that no matter what hunter and ashley were going to win that so that's what we got there was a, it was a little more dramatic than i expected um and from there i mean faith and angela go off to the redemption house because no, nobody goes home in this game nobody gets eliminated in this game no -uh, uh, nobody gets eliminated i mean we've had so many episodes and you know it's still still only had a couple people sent home a few things before they went to redemption house that i thought were hilarious was when they had lost uh hunter had just started throwing out a bunch of quotes to johnny just so many line after line after line and he goes johnny bananas i love you motherfucker and then he goes, Johnny, come give me a kiss. Daddy misses you. Johnny looks like his dog died. I mean, it was just like nonstop. And I think that was within a span of maybe one minute. It was all Hunter just throwing these lines at Johnny. And I love that because that just foreshadows to me, yeah. you know, the zero fucks that Hunter, you know, gives when it comes to going after someone like Johnny. So I'm excited for that for sure. Uh, on the counter to that, I thought that Johnny 
Johnny earned him pretty good with one line. It what was, was kind of offhand. Johnny goes, uh, that's right. good job, Hunter. You beat a couple of girls. <laughs> he snuck that in there. You know, took took some of the shine off Hunter's moment. Yeah, a, a bit, a bit. But I mean, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because it's like, yeah, he beat a couple of girls, but it wasn't him that was losing to the girl, you know? Yeah. Clearly Ashley. Anyway, so yeah, that was that was great. And then also TJ shut down Bananas super oh, intense. Yeah, that was great. Which I absolutely loved because it's one of those TJ has a great way of putting people in their place with a couple lines. He did this with Kayla last season during the bullying incident where, you know, he just sort of shut her down super quickly and it was like really you, like you think that's cool like uh uh-uh. and you know got Kayla pretty quiet pretty fast and he also to bananas last night he goes bananas this is right about the time you joined us on invasions so don't be talking about fair something along those lines because Johnny made a comment about how oh yeah bring you know bring in the mercenaries let them take their place you know so fair coming in on mm-hmm. season episode six or whatever of this season it's like come on Johnny first of all on top of that let's not talk about bananas can't talk about fairness he's so clearly favored by casting it's like don't even don't even open that one of the biggest themes of this episode that just happened yesterday was hypocrisy um there was hypocrisy all throughout this episode particularly coming from the mouths of johnny bananas and cara maria sorbello Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I don't know if maybe I'm more in tune to seeing hypocrisy from them because they irk me. I, I like Johnny and, and I think he's integral to the show, but there are things he does that irk me that stand out. Yeah. Um, you know, the show wouldn't be the same without him. I think Carr is expendable. Um, but so maybe I'm wondering if I'm more in tune to hypocrisy coming from those two and I don't catch it when it comes from other people, or maybe those two are just maybe that's the issue that people have with those two is that they complain and they say shit, but then they do it. Then they do what they complain about. I think a lot of them are pretty hypocritical. I think naturally they have that sort of weird thing when they compete, they have a lot of hypocrisy, especially when they argue about going into eliminations and stuff. A lot of them contradict themselves because when it's them going in, they'll you know, come up with all of this shit to spill. But then mm-hmm. when it's somebody else going in, it's like, don't take it personally. Don't do this. Don't do that. And, you know, you think to yourself, well, when you go in, you cry and throw a fit and nearly, you know, nearly go all over the place. I think one, there's a few people that really aren't hypocritical in the show. And those end up being fan favorites. And we know that, which is someone like, for example, CT, right? CT will take it and dish it. Honestly, mm-hmm. he will. You know, he it's not like he's he's not gonna run away from anything, he's not gonna hide from the criticism or whatever it is. He'll just like embrace it and be like, Yeah, I'm fat, I'm still balancing on this beam. Goodbye. You know, or like, okay, you want to send me into elimination? I'll destroy you. You know, but he doesn't go and panic and cry just because he gets sent in. Um, somebody else, you know, it'd be like Landon, right? Everybody loves Landon. The guy almost yeah. never contradicts himself. You know, he is a good partner, whether he's with someone who's great or someone who isn't great. He is not going to complain about going to elimination or he'll even volunteer himself to go in. So it's like you see a lot of those people. And I think that the ones that people have the biggest issues with are the ones who are really hypocritical, you know, like Kara and like Johnny. And they definitely put that out there. I think Shane also has a lot of that, whether or not you will see that or not. I think it's less a matter of you not wanting to see it and more of a matter of you being entertained by his hypocrisy. 
mm-hmm. which is different to let's say others um for example him calling Devon a bitch right obviously that was like yeah. it goes against whatever his things are but at the same time that whole scene was quite entertaining we appreciated it so it's not necessarily the same thing uh, but I think that's a big issue in the house in general and I think very few don't have that um all right so but anyways did you um I know that you probably had to enjoy a lot the Lavender Ladies, the official reunion, the big group hug that they had. How did you feel in that moment? Yeah, that was pretty great. I loved when they got back to the main house and they were all just celebrating taking shots and like everybody <laughs> everybody looked glorious and happy and I was pretty excited about that. I mean, you know I love them. I love Ashley and Amanda. I'm not a crazy fan of the whole Lavender Ladies as a mm-hmm. group because I find that they just become this mob mentality bullying you know, quad that goes around, but I do love Ashley and Amanda and I cannot wait to see what they achieve this season together. Um, All right, so let's move on. So we go from the main house, they're taking shots, whatever, to redemption. We see Faith and Angela walking in. A few quick funny lines that they had. Um, Faith said, went from the mansion to the cottage, which I loved because they were walking into the house. Um, And then you also have them spilling about the whole cam story. And I love the facial expressions of everybody in Redemption House while they're telling the story because you just hear everybody go, (gasps) 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 Yeah, they're they're so desperate for anything. uh, Yeah, they're thrilled with that story. Um, all right, so then we go quickly back into the main house, and we have Ashley moving into her new bed, aka Faith's bed, which I thought was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, um, and the best part of, of this props to Johnny. Uh, I mean, he, he just literally calls it right away. As soon as they get in the house, he's like, yeah, how long till, till Kyle goes after Ashley? Yep. Well, let's take some bets on this. And it happens night one. He just He just nails it. Now that's that's a true veteran instinct. Johnny saw it coming from a mile away. He's probably seen it a hundred times. Yeah, exactly. And he was planting seeds, you know. I think I think he did that on purpose in a way because he was thinking to himself, like, I'm gonna plant these seeds, cause a little trouble, cause a few hookups. Um, so I thought that, that was interesting. Um, I loved the conversation between Davon and Jose, which talked about how Cam was a rookie like yesterday, and she's now sitting on this high horse calling all these other people rookies and I think me and you discussed this last week um, or maybe it was a few weeks ago just the concept of rookies in general and the fact that you know someone on their second season like you can't be calling yourself a vet and acting like you're so superior when you've only been on one more season or two more seasons than these people it's not like you're coming in as Kara you know with 14 seasons under your belt or whatever it is so I I loved what they said yeah. I agree with for a hundred percent. And it's not just Cam who I've seen that acts like that. It's Kayla who acts like that. Brittany. Brittany is such an offender of that. Um mm-hmm. Kayla's a big one, actually. That's a that's a huge offender. Because Kayla will also put this she does a similar thing to Shane where she's like really condescending in a way. Um, but she'll do it almost as if she's coming from this place of decades of experience on the show you know it's like as if you would imagine someone like coral or tina to be talking when they come on the show and they've kind of earned it i mean not kind of they've earned it right where you have like kayla who's been on two seasons and she's like yelling at camilla in the weirdest most annoying obnoxious manner and acting like she can run shit around the house and that's just really off-putting to me. So, you know, we gave Cam a shit ton of props for her move, but I totally agree with this point that it's like you're not not a rookie. Well, I, I think 
I think veteran status now is like, it's tougher to earn because back in the, like the golden age of the show, the seasons, you know, you would get maybe like two seasons a year. They, they did film close together, but the show was just, it was a cultural phenomenon and it was also 24 seven, like the appearance circuit the constant influx of new mm-hmm. real world and road rule seasons. It was so major and the, and those faces became so familiar so quickly. So when you had two to three seasons under your belt, like you really were a veteran. Mm-hmm. But in this circuit where you've got these randoms coming in from Are You The One, which does not get as many eyes as the old shows used to get, like they they do not stick necessarily in, in my eyes as a veteran. Like Britney's done three seasons I, I don't think she's a, a veteran in any sense of the word. I don't think she has any clout whatsoever in the game. Mm-hmm. And so I agree. It, I'm not sure like what you need to do nowadays to earn that status. Like Devin, he comes off like a veteran to me. Uh, and he's only done, you know, two and a half seasons, three seasons. Uh, three. I mean, he was, he was off pretty much first on Dirty 30 and he – didn't end up getting to this he's done like two and a half seasons pretty much yeah basically Uh, it's funny you say that because i also feel the same way i feel like he's a vet he's made the most of his shots he kind of spaces it out a little bit he's made a final maybe Mm -hmm. maybe that plays into it but he feels like a vet to me for sure yeah i agree with that i think because of the way he puts he portrays himself as well it really helps he makes really calculated moves he sort of doesn't give a fuck um you know he has that that persona that he unleashes as well and he also never really went about acting as if he was a vet like he never said he was you know he doesn't go about it being like oh you rookies need this you you guys need to earn your stripes whatever he just does stuff he just plays the game so i think that's a big Uh factor as well quick look to the comments because i do agree with what people are saying um i mean greg says like cam has three elimination wins to her name you know she may only be on her second season but you know she she has fought for it whereas kayla and Brittany have accomplished pretty much nothing uh kayla won an elimination against marie that has like been fully <laughs> acknowledged that marie threw and marie threw that elimination yeah um and i agree with Erlene that tony is tony is pretty well established as a veteran at this point and his first he, he's done a lot of seasons um i agree with also, that also i don't think he can i also think the key is like he didn't consider himself a vet like he he mm-hmm. worked up and worked up and he didn't make a big defining move until last season and that's the other thing with devin like you don't hear devin and tony referring to themselves as vets i mean tony now is starting to say like i'm not the little brother anymore which is justifiable at this point yeah and i think that's really just in part in particularly um related to his relationship with johnny bananas not necessarily with everybody else and i completely agree i mean this is the whole thing you know when they call themselves vets and they go after it in this entitled way as if like you know we're superior we've done so and so whatever it is like no you're not a vet and that makes you look more like a rookie by talking like that um, so I totally agree with that. And a few more comments we'll touch on during this checkpoint already is uh, Erlene mentioned that Tori is acting like, you know, Cam did something wrong, uh, which pisses her off. And I actually agree with that as well. You know, Tori, but I, 
but I want to put a caveat to that because I actually think that the way that Angela and Faith told the story to the whole redemption house skewed the perception to be very anti-cam and to make it out to seem like it wasn't necessarily a good move and and all of that. So I think maybe if it had been explained by somebody who was pro-cam's move in the house, then it would have been a different reaction from Tori or from other people in redemption. So I do think the way that they came off was a big factor in how they all reacted which is something obviously to note but i do agree you know people shouldn't be pissed off about that um yeah yeah and uh something that greg mentioned about landon and Darrell, you know we were talking about them earlier is that landon and Darrell were good about simply winning eliminations even west hasn't complained much about elimination other than the ruins so i totally agree with that and to me that shows the people that aren't that hypocritical in the game, the people that don't contradict themselves that much, the people that can handle it and that tell other people to handle it as well, um, shows something to me. It shows part of their character because it's easier said than done if you have Wes and Darrell just telling people like, don't freak out, you're going to limbs, you'll be fine. But then when they go in, they freak out. Obviously that's, you know, that's just super hypocritical and that's what a lot of them do. That's what you have Bananas doing and Kara doing. So you know, I think that there's something to be said about those people that we all love and their character traits. Um, um, also, during this, I, I, I've got a lot of Davon notes here. She was she was bringing it as well in this episode. Um, pretty much right after this, we then get like the official Kyle and Ashley hookup, and yes. they calls Kyle a bed bug. <laughs> yes, that was awesome. Yeah, she, she goes, "Oh, Kyle, you like a bed bug? You just bounce from bed to bed." That was hilarious. <laughs> um i love her one lines she's great in interviews yeah she she really brings it i appreciate her and her commentary and her sarcasm and just like she doesn't give a fuck i like that um then the next day we get this i called it a powwow between shane and day the apology tour they're both playing strategy obviously shane is trying to politic and get back in her good graces Davon is trying to be like, oh yeah, sure, Shane, but neither of them meant it. Like, oh, not, like, yeah, not, yeah. Is the, the fakest conversation. So it was just, it was just this this standoff between two people to see who budges and you know if one can manipulate the other. And I think it was pretty clear that they both understood that nothing was coming out of that conversation. That like game wise, yeah. it was very clear that their two teams were aligned against each other. And Shane knew that going into the challenge, and I'm assuming Devon and Jose knew that going into the, into the challenge as well. I think so also. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that was just a very fake conversation, and they knew it. They both knew it. It was one of those, you know, we have to at least say something so we can continue living in the same house together kind of a thing. So I think that really was just a clear the air so I can walk to the fridge and not feel uncomfortable if you're in the kitchen kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, like break is, the ice. <laughs> there is something to be said about having to live in a house with people that you're constantly fighting with and there's nothing else. Like, like there's environments in that show that we from outside can't possibly understand the day-to-day, hour-to-hour of it. I always think about that. It's like, imagine you're in, a, you're in this huge fight with someone and then you have to go use the bathroom and they're like in the bathroom, you know? What do you, mm-hmm. like, what do you do? Uh, yeah. There's so many of those instances, you know, you want to get something from the fridge, they're cooking, you want to cook, they're cooking. You know, you want to go here, they're there. You want to sit on the couch, they're being annoying. It's like, you have somebody who's grumpy at you the whole time while you're living in a house with them. So to some degree, they have to be civil. They have to go through the fake combos. And I think that's why I appreciate Wes and CT more because 
those guys seem like people who they literally just go full scorched earth policy. If they don't like you, like in their heydays when they didn't like you, they would legitimately not like you and go at you every, as CT says, I will go at you all day, every day, <laughs> off camera. Um, in the infamous fight with Wes on Rivals that literally lasted, what, like 12 hours, like CT all night long until four or five in the morning, went at Wes, and then they woke up the next day and he started with him again during breakfast. Like, that is <laughs> such dedication to not giving up yeah that's true i love that that those those kind of fights were the ones that were really ruthless because they had no end there was no end And because the, those okay. fights those fights were not scripted okay as far as i can tell ct and wes are not the kind of guys who are like oh here comes the camera yeah or and- the type who are going to be like, all right, let's play this. Let's play this game right now. Or cameras, can you come over here? We're about to have a discussion. Yeah, I, I don't think CT drunk out of his mind and Wes at like the peak of his Westness were, were like, hey, maybe we can be on a future rival season together. I don't think they cared. <laughs> no, they weren't. No, Wes during his prime was more like so cocky that the, he just knew that the cameras were going to follow him regardless. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't have to call the cameras. The cameras are on me all day and ct i mean he like just is one of those people that's so entertaining you know the cameras are following him all the time and he couldn't give a shit he was just ready to scorch the earth so definitely um all right so let's move on from after the apology tour we get this day out they all like went to some park or something i don't even know they didn't they didn't really preface the whole day out very well so random and i agree with irlene said earlier in our comment section this was so unnecessary like really, you needed to give us this random day trip to winery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it was it was really one of those things. I think they maybe thought it was going to be more interesting. Um, so the my favorite line from the whole day out though was Shane. He goes, two smug assholes who love smelling each other's farts. That's how much they like each other." And that was in reference to Kara and Johnny and like them and their relationship. Um, and you and know, nobody, nobody has been more outspoken about Cara and Johnny's atrocious relationship than I have. 100%, that's true. You can listen to our episodes. I've brought it up multiple times. And to hear Shane go at them and call out their relationship, I I looked up to the sky and I said, (laughs) yes, thank you. Were you crying? You paid paid off my loyalty. Honestly, it's great that we do these. One of my favorite one of my favorite things is that we can call shit and then see how it turns out later and it's recorded and live and you know everybody can witness it so i love doing that i love having these predictions and seeing how these things go but yeah i mean we've talked about their relationship loads i know you have serious opinions on their relationship um and let's not forget that before shane i think even before they cut to shane's confessional on that that Cara and Johnny were doing exactly what Cara and Johnny do. They were huddled together and they were talking shit on people. And they were saying, ooh, let's get our stupid clique together and give it a name. And, and like, they're just so butthurt, perpetually. Yeah. And, and once again, this is Cara, who during the fight with Shane, cut to Cara saying, I don't go out of my way to bother other people. That's a direct quote from Cara Maria. Cara, yes, you do. What world are you living in? 
you I, go that's out the thing your- is i don't think she gets it i don't think she knows that she actually goes out of her way to like cause drama or bother people i don't think she I, yeah i, I she, don't think she's capable of seeing that but like she just doesn't it's like doesn't get through to her so i always whenever i see her i actually think she's telling the truth right but i know she's lying based on what the situation is but she's i think she genuinely truth. believes it but she yeah. no like mm-hmm. it's her truth so I think that's something she just has to reevaluate that shit. It's, but you know, people like her. I know a lot of people like her. It's a, this isn't like a new type of human, right? This is- I actually got called out by uh, Misty, our mutual <laughs> friend, because she said that her daughter loves Cara Maria and it has nothing to do with her. And ba- based on my, my comments last week that little girls don't look up to Cara. So Misty did put me on blast. Shout out to Misty for that. Yeah, good job, wow. Misty. We like putting Calhoun on blast. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's, it's like the sh- the car mentality. They, they you know, are moping around. They're a little bit glum from time to time. They show their emotions really clearly on their face. That's a really easy person to take the piss out of. Like, that's not, that's not a person that you feel like, oh, I shouldn't make fun of them. It won't be any fun. That's the exact opposite. You're like, shit, I'm about to give this person shit and it's about to be the greatest hour of my week right now. You know, like that's that's what Kara sort of has a sign for. So Kara abides by the George Costanza philosophy of <laughs> it's not a lie if you really believe it. And she really believes that she doesn't go out of worry to bother people. I love that. But her subtweeting and her Twitter fingers say otherwise. Uh, oh, Gorda, you go out of your way to throw yeah. shade her twitter her twitter um behavior is actually honestly out of this world um okay so let's go into the fight that Kara and shane had this was on their drive back from this day out activity that they had um and this was this was basically shane's fight number one you know um so shane and Kara in the car ride back to me this was like i just kept thinking to myself wow, you know, what is going on right now? This feels like Bananas is just, like, who the fuck is even left in the camp, uh, you know, Bananas' camp? Like, who is even there still? Because it felt like slowly every single person just starts to hate him. And on top of that, this fight between Kara and Shane continues on into the main house and seems to get quite a few people involved. Shane? Oh, my God. So I heard Shane say on one of his lives with Nicole a couple weeks ago that, you know, this was the first season since I've been back where I didn't feel like I had to cater to other people and I just went in and was myself. Mm-hmm. And you can see that. You can see that in his fight with Devon. You can see that on clear display in this episode. He was beholden to no one and he was just going in. And for me, it's like I wrote Shane a letter. Like, let's <laughs> say that I wrote Shane a fan letter and I was like, Shane. I know that you're a logical person. Oh like, I need my to God, I know what you're going to say. Kara and Johnny. And he did. He said him. And he went in on her. And then she goes and she blabs it to Johnny. Of course she does. Of course she's going to go to Johnny and blabs it. Oh, and she was saying some of this stuff about you, Johnny. And now props to Johnny uh, for saying, Shane, come here. I love you. But this, you always do this shit. So Johnny opens the floodgates. And Johnny's like, Shane. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You think I'm the worst person. And Shane goes in on him and starts clapping him. And I'm, I'm like moving around. I'm freaking out. I cr- I You're screaming. like getting into it. <laughs> I was so invested in it. And like it happened. I was so hyped that I couldn't even focus specifically on what was being said. And just when I didn't think things could get any better. Johnny helmet. starts calling out Shane's hair helmet. <laughs> he, 
gets it on. <laughs> Shane says, "I have no, uh, I have no problem fighting with you in my hair helmet." <laughs> and he puts on his hair helmet and starts yelling at Johnny. I repeat, he puts on his hair helmet and starts <laughs> fighting with Johnny. We need to meme this. We need screen caps of this. Oh, I've got a few. I've got, yeah, I've got a few. Honestly, that was a great moment. I, I, I love that because Shane, first of all, doesn't give a shit that he has a hair helmet. What he cares about is that his hair could be balding. So to him, it's like the helmet is not the issue, you know? Um, but I thought that it was really interesting when Johnny went up to, first of all, Bananas is losing his touch. All right. He is losing his touch massively. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that right when he went up to Shane and was like, you know, that thing that you said, he was like, Shane, I love you, but you know, can you just stop, just, you know, put it, put an end to this shit, like enough of this bullshit. And obviously that kind of an argument would work on most sane adults, right? That's like how you stop a lot of fights. But I knew that Bananas was losing his touch because obviously that's not going to work on Shane. He is getting off on this whole thing. Like Shane was loving it. He doesn't, he's not going to stop just because you're asking him reasonably. He sees that you want him to stop, that you're begging him to stop. He's about to go in even harder. So I knew right away, I was like, bananas, what are you doing? You, you're playing right into his hand. You're, if anything, you're doing what Kara does that you hate so much, which is, you know, giving people the satisfaction of being able to make fun of you. So instantly bananas really bad move i knew right away that shane was just going to keep going in and harder and you have amanda coming in towards the end of the argument you see in her one of one of her interviews where she says you know we're just going to keep poking we're going to keep poking 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 until um johnny basically pops um and that's what they're looking for and they're working towards that and it is working he is just evolving bananas is going down slowly but surely and we are watching it all play out you know, he would have been one to handle this kind of stuff before, but I somehow think that his, his adult is showing his, you know, he's growing up in a way where he can't handle the same kind of emotional abuse as he once used to. Um, but that's just my take. We'll see how this whole thing continues to play out. And, you know, if they keep fighting, um, let's do a quick comment checkpoint before we go into what happens next, which is Redemption House. Uh, we got lots of people chiming in right now. Um, so Jessica, thank you for joining. We're glad that you're here. The salad bowl. Yes, that shit was hilarious. Um, thank you. She likes my hair up. I like it, <laughs> Jessica. Um, all right. So Erlene making a few comments. I think the house is doing to Johnny what he used to do to people when he was popular in the house. The curse is real. I totally agree with that. I think if you look back on you know, seasons where him and Kenny were making fun of people and it was just JK nonstop kind of harassing individuals. Um, then this is definitely reminiscent of that. And you've got Shane sort of leading the, leading the new group and doing that to bananas. So, you know, I agree with that. It's kind of karma. It's, it's coming around full circle to him and we'll see how he handles it. I was hoping he'd handle it better than he is now, but well, John, we'll Johnny's, and I mean, Shane called it the whole way. Like as Shane is going off, he's like, Johnny, you're just get like, you're getting so pissed because you have no allies in this house and you're panicking and you're shuffling and you're trying to like, you're trying to, to, you know, fight your way out of this. And, um, I, I mean, there, there's so many things that, that I didn't, like, there's a couple things that I did not agree with mm. on Johnny's end. First and foremost, 
Johnny refers to Shane as the most insecure human being he's ever met in his life. I, I hate that because that's not the first time I've heard someone try to use, like that is something where people will use that in a fight because they think it sounds, it sounds like such a powerful insult. Mm. So on point. Mm-hmm. But you don't actually consider the, the term insecure. Like if you're going to call someone insecure, they have to be an actual insecure person. Is Shane an insecure person? This is a person who came, like, who came out in a, in a different era of the world mm. and who you know, was a prominent gay character on reality television in the early 2000s. And like, like I don't look at Shane and think that he's insecure at, at all. I mean, I can see what my issue with that insult is just the fact that insecurities are normal and they're not necessarily something to put someone down about so even if someone is a super insecure person like what a shitty insult to throw at someone what a shitty thing to put into an argument because that's like not it's not like you're making fun of them for something they should be insecure about right there's a big difference like someone who's gonna say like oh like wow you're fucking fat right like that's like something that someone might be insecure about themselves right instead he's throwing out them like wow you're so insecure which to me is just it, I don't know it's just like a really shitty thing to throw into an argument I just don't think it makes any sense and it's like yeah wow he's a human you know he's a human but is he really more way, insecure uh, than you bananas like do you not also have insecurity I, I feel like Johnny's a super insecure person well I don't I don't know if he's also super insecure I think he just probably has normal insecurities I think anyone who's going to go on tv has to have a certain level of confidence because they're about to get scrutinized to the fucking end of the world and back they're you know putting themselves on tv for everybody to see you know it's not just about your angles they're getting 360 angles all day every day on these cameras so I mean I think in general they have to have some level of security to go on that at least a level of security enough to be able to classify them as like a functioning human being so I just don't even think that argument was valid I think that that was just something that Johnny was trying to throw out there to maybe make him feel bad it was like oh I'm gonna get to his core core." yeah he's trying to hurt his feelings and like get one up on him quick look to the comment section uh Jessica calling me out saying that I make fun of car for being insecure um (laughs) it's a complicated issue as a complicated issue uh Cara is very insecure and she will be the first one to tell you that um, I'm just saying that she's kind of a fraud. That's all. I love when our fans call us out. Um, Maybe I've said it. Maybe I've said it. I will listen back and yeah, report back on that later. I think you have. I, but I, I mean, I think the point that we really all need to accept right now is the fact that every human being has insecurities and that it's a really shitty thing to throw into an argument and makes no sense. Um, and on top of that, it's not going to work on someone like Shane in this kind of a mode. But this is where bananas went wrong. Like, does nobody realize what mode Shane is in? They're all fighting with him as if they're fighting with a, like a regular rational human who's in that stance. Shane doesn't give a shit what you say. He's trying mm-hmm. to make you mad. He is literally a pro antagonist and he yes. is so good at it he's so, playing game the whole time the it whole is, time and i have so much so much respect for that uh greg says something that um that i was very interested when shane said it that shane said johnny you don't care about anyone in this house's personal lives except yours now if you guys follow Brain Candy at all, if you watch their Q&As, if you listen to their challenge content, they have delved in depth to who Johnny the person actually is, like in downtime, off camera, and that 
they have they have echoed that exact same sentiment that Johnny will not ask anyone anything about their life. The only thing he cares about is how they uh, like affect him in the game and what he has going on. That's that's just the way he is. So for Shane to echo that sentiment, I'm actually really interested for when they do their live Q and A. Um, I think it'll be up tomorrow. I know for a fact that they're going to get such a kick out of that statement. Well, but do you not feel like maybe that's because he doesn't want to get too close to people he's potentially going to screw over? I, I think that the way that, that they put it is a lot more clear and it's a lot more succinct that like, I, I don't think he's as self-aware about that, about what Shane said. Like, I think he really is very wrapped up in himself and, and his, his endeavors and maybe but i don't know if that's necessary like i could see him being a genuinely good friend if you get along with his personality like as in being someone who will be there for you being someone who will come out and help you with things and so and so and i've heard this from a few cast as well um that I he don't is know if I'm getting those qualities from johnny i do i really I, but i think it's about the person like i think you actually have to first of all get along with him which is not going to be everyone and he's not just going to get along with every soul but i do think that if you do get along with him and you have that sort of relationship aside from the challenge right like not included in the challenge then mm -hmm. you would have a very good friend out of him or i think you could get a very good friend out of him i just honestly think it's like you know per person type of incident and i really think that if you're going to end up doing a challenge with him at some point you have to be prepared for the opportunity that he's going to screw you over because that's his that's his gameplay um Erlene uh, is saying, Erlene just dropped a comment, which is one that I totally agree with, which is, um, I think he might be a good friend to Leroy. And that's what I mean, you know, someone like Lee, you know, they have a really unique bond. Leroy is like a really good person. I honestly can't believe he gets along so well with Johnny. But to me, like once they do get along and once he does find that friendship, he actually will have a close bond with someone. So, you know, we never, we know, oh, hello, Marie. What's up, Marie? We love you. How's it you, going? You know we do. I saw she just DM'd me um, about responding to some old message that, that I was live, couldn't answer. But don't worry, Marie, I take like years to answer shit. I'm, I'm just gonna dig in and disagree with your take. Um, and just, I, I side with what I've heard about Johnny. I think he's just, you know, pretty wrapped up in like, like for him, if he's gonna be a friend to you, it's it's because of like, how, how useful can you be to him in the game? And I think mm. some people said in the comments, it's like, well, yeah, he's very good friends with Leroy because we've seen what happens when Leroy gets into an elimination with him, like he fucks him up. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll disagree on that. I'm not going to say we'll agree to disagree because I hate that saying. Yeah, saying all the time. We're just going to disagree. We're just going to disagree. I think you're crazy <laughs> and you think I'm crazy. And well, Marie, listen, maybe we we'll have bananas in the studio one day so we can sort of dive in and, and unpack it all. And that, that would be happens. awesome. Um, yeah. Johnny, Johnny has, has shown us some love. Like, like I, I'm, you know, Johnny is what he is. Like he, he's, he's out there. He puts himself out there for you to dissect. He is a very complicated person. He's very hateable and very lovable at the same time. I just think that from what I've heard from a couple different castmates that he, you know, he's wrapped up in his own thing. He doesn't ask you about his personal life. And I think Shane echoed that my man, Shady Shane, you know, he's giving you the real tea. He cuts in there, he snipes under you. Yeah, well, he's definitely winning all these arguments, that's for sure. Um, all right, so let's move on to the episode. Gosh, she was like 500-0 in this episode. <laughs> yeah. no, nobody got one over on my guy. 
It was pretty oh. solid. Um, all right, so then we go into Redemption House, and we have TJ who walks in. He brings him to the surveillance room. Ooh. Honestly, I'm getting a little bit sick of them showing shit in the surveillance room that we've already fucking seen. Like, I want them to go in there and show them some cool, juicy tea that we haven't seen. So it's- Yeah, spice it up. Give us, like, Big Brother After Dark. Yeah. Okay, that we didn't see already. Like, yeah. oh, here's, here's Johnny leaving a note. It was- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need something that we just haven't seen before. Honestly, watching uh, Faith's face as she watched Kyle hook up with, um, what's it called, Ashley, was a little bit heartbreaking because as a woman, I'm just like, oh, that really sucks to watch. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I think Faith handled it like a true fucking woman. She was just like, you know, whatever. That's what pirates do. They steal booty. So I was like, yeah, that is what pirates do. Um, So, you know, I think she knew, obviously it still is uncomfortable for her. You could see it in her face, but she knew, she knew what she was getting into by getting with this guy. So you know, that was one of those things. Um, CT makes a nice line as well. It's a politrick, which was great. No, no. Okay. And he, All right. I hip- wanted to dissect this. Here's what happened. Hypocritical moment from CT. So CT was talking about politicking. Now you're saying that he said it's a politrick, <laughs> that he made a pun. However, yeah. I analyzed the situation over. He did not say politrick. He did not make a pun. His Boston accent was, in fact, so thick that he said, it's a parlor trick. It's a parlor trick. It's a parlor trick is what he meant to say. Shut up. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, my God. Guys. Oh, my God. It's a parlor trick. He said it's a parlor trick, but it sounded like he was saying it's a parlor. It's a parlor trick. But he said it's a a parlor trick. I'm writing that down. See, last week I watched the episode three times. I didn't miss shit. This week I watched it once. Now I'm missing all this stuff. That's that's why I'm here. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm, I'm here to break down what Wait, what that's we so fucking do. funny. It's a parlor trick. Mind. It's wow. a parlor trick. That's he a was really not good making a pun. CT is not a punner. Yeah. And and that, that's how it went down. Interesting. Um, anyways, yeah. on that same note, um, what's it called? CT's comments on Paul Dicking, it's like that was his favorite strategy for a long time. So I was surprised he made those he remarks. Is, CT is the all-time number one Paul Dicker of all time. Yeah. Uh, in, in my opinion. I, I uh, don't think I don't think anyone's Tanya was pretty good in her day, uh, but, but but CT would like literally create chaos. No, it was definitely CT like t- takes that that crown. Um, all right, so then let's move into the daily challenge. So this happened 28 minutes into the episode. I noted that down just because I was so impressed with last week's being so much faster. So slightly disappointed that it was um, 28 minutes in. Um, this challenge is called Don't Push Me Around. So we'll give you the breakdown so you guys know what's going on. Um, the- By the way, they, they might as well have called this uh, just the Shane show uh, because <laughs> it continues here. Shane, Shane owns this entire challenge. Please yeah, see. yeah. Um, all right, so the breakdown. The ooh, the challenge will be played in two teams. There's a giant wall at the center of a rugby field. The wall has two revolving doors. To begin, each team starts on either end of the rugby field. And when TJ says go, they race through the revolving doors, retrieve a ball that's on the opposite end zone, and then bring it back through the revolving doors and to their goal. The team to win two out of three rounds will have to vote for the MVP of their team, and the team that gets voted MVP is the winner of the challenge. Um, so the teams were split up orange and yellow. On orange was Amanda and Zach, Kaylee and Cam, Hunter and Ashley, Brad and Kyle, 
I may have missed someone on that team. Um, and then on yellow was Johnny and Tony, Shane and Nelson, Devon and Jose and Joss and Sylvia. I definitely missed someone. Who did I miss? I missed one person. Whoever I missed is less relevant, clearly, and they're on Team Orange. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so Kaylee and Cam actually got to choose who they were on, um, what team they were on, and they picked well because Orange ended up coming out um, on top. And before we get into the actual challenge, we have Nelson and Shane talking about strategy. This was like the pre-challenge interviews, which I really love getting the glimpses of and it seems like Nelson and Shane are always super entertaining during these moments and I I noticed just the fact that Shane is so much more in there to actually win and to really get the result that he wants as opposed to playing with the most integrity or in the best way or with the best game or whatever else it is I think Shane just wants to get that result and Nelson just wants to play as hard as possible, you know, mm -hmm. and to like compete as hard as possible. Nelson just wants to like smash heads and compete. And, you know, I mean, Shane wants to get crafty. This is Nelson's perpetual weakness though. Like he, he can't, he cannot think with his brain. Um, also, I had an issue during like during every time that Shane has gotten in a fight on this season, I have an issue with the fact that they'll cut to Nelson and Nelson will be like, Oh, I'm really worried about my my partner Shane. You know, Shane might blow this for us. And it's like, dude, one, you got kicked off for fighting on Dirty Thirty. Two, like I would respect I would respect Nelson more if he back. And I know that Shane and Nelson have a good relationship off camera, from what I've heard. Like Shane has said that Nelson is great, but like mm -hmm. I want to see Nelson have his partners back and be like, oh, Shane's in this. Well, I'm in it with him 100 percent too. That's but what I. I but I honestly think that he does have his back to some degree. I just don't necessarily think he knows how to, like, support him in these crazy crafty ways and these sort of sneaky things that he goes about doing. I just don't think he knows what to do. Like, I think he's like, all right, I'll support you, but I don't even understand your plan. I don't even understand your reasoning. So how can I, like, get behind it? Because Nelson... I love Nelson, right? But he's not like the, he's just not like the brightest tool in the shed, right? So when mm. Shane is coming at him with this strategy, I just don't think he's grasping it to the he point where he, can, he can't even comprehend it. Yeah, like he can't get motivated behind it. He can't feel like, all right, I'm going to support my teammate 100% because this is the right thing to do. Because I just don't think he gets it. So to him, it's like, why aren't we competing? Why aren't we just playing? So I don't know. I would love to see them, you know, team up and go for it and do that. But I'm not so sure. Um, by, yeah, by the way, Greg, uh, Greg just yeah. dropped a comment. I don't think Nelson saw the big picture why Shane's plan worked. And obviously, you know, that's exactly what we're saying right now. It's just, he just doesn't get it. It's different. Yeah, he's, he's not getting it. Uh, big shout out to Marie. Thank you for sharing our video. Um, unfortunately, you shared our video on a night where one, I'm broadcasting from a bed in a <laughs> house and I look like complete shit and I have no lighting, but <laughs> typical <laughs> we, look. Yeah, yeah, this is this is standard for me. We really appreciate it all the same. Um, Shane killed it here. He formulated his plan. His plan is 100 percent Like mm -hmm. if 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 he if his team wins, they're going in. They're going into elimination. That's that's the bottom line. A hundred percent they would have gone in. Anybody on his team was ready to send him in except for maybe Joss and Sylvia. And yeah, and they wouldn't have gotten the the MVP vote. It it just wouldn't have gone that way. So yeah. There, I am going once again. I don't know any spoilers for this season. I'm just going to go ahead and throw out a, a very large 
let's say 90% guarantee that there is no way that, that next week Shane and Nelson will be the ones voted into elimination because that's, this plan was perfect and it put people in a position where they're, they're not going to be the team that I, I don't think is going to get voted in. They might get called in, hmm. but they're not going to be the team that gets voted in. Well, also, they gave that other team the win. So I think that that helps them in a way because all the teams that could potentially be the MVP or whatever it is, you know, they they all will say, well, you helped us. You know what I mean? So it's, it's you have that as well. And there's a, there's a lot of lavender ladies on the other team. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So let's go in um, to the actual challenge. They start playing so-and-so. A comment that I made while the game was happening was just like another co-ed full contact game. And to me, it's just like, oh, more of this genderless challenge shit that like is so fucking annoying to me because how are you going to put these people on a rugby field of, you know, it's like full contact sport. They're playing together. People are getting tackled. And, you know, this is supposed to be girls and guys playing together. I just wasn't the biggest fan of that. I'm a little bit over complaining about it also. So I just hope that, you know, at some point, I hope that the girls who are competing don't feel this way. And as long as they don't feel this way and they're cool with it, then I'm totally pleased. But if this is something where the, the female challengers are pissed off about because they feel like they're having to compete against huge 200 pound plus guys in full contact sports, then I'll get behind them and, you know, we'll campaign against that shit because if they're not okay with it, then I'm totally not okay with it as well. Um, all right. So into the actual challenge, we have Amanda who apparently played rugby for two years, which is amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that. that yeah. Super sick, fun fact about Amanda. Um, and she, she gets their first point for team orange. She pretty much kills it. Um, and then slowly right after that, we see them playing and, you know, Shane's helping people and it's this whole, you know, he's sitting down and praying or whatever it is during this time. And there's just a whole lot of obvious challenge throwing. And I think that's part of Shane's character that I'll always appreciate, which is, you know, he's not trying to, he's not, he doesn't care about making everybody think he's not faking it, you know, making everybody think he's not throwing it. He doesn't give a shit. He's not trying to fake it. If he's going to throw it, he's throwing it. He knows it's a good strategy. So he's going to run with it regardless. So I thought Shane, that was- Shane got swag and mm-hmm. he's, he, he does it with a certain style that is super entertaining. He's, um, he's already pissed off that whole, his whole team. So it's not like just by throwing this, he's now pissing them off. For, you know, it's like he, they're already all mad at him. They already all hate him. So this really doesn't do anything- better or worse for him for his own team it all it does is help keep him out of elimination because it's not his own team voting him in. i don't think this situation could have worked out any better for shane the fact that he ended up on a team where he controls the outcome with mm-hmm. all the people that are gunning for him like it would if, if it would have been if it would have been like split teams like if, if johnny would have been on one team and then shane would have been on a team with you know day and jose like he, he wouldn't have been able to do anything but in this case, he had all the control. And it was a game where you needed everyone to be participating to have a chance. That is true. That's a really good point. Um, all right. So then after we have Hunter who comes in, makes the second point for Team Orange. And, you know, that calls the game. They win. Um, so then we have the Shane versus Jose fight. This is right after Hunter scores that point and they win. And all of a sudden you see Jose just going in. I mean, he's pissed off. And this I, is an all-timer. This is such a great fight. And the whole time I just keep thinking to myself, like, Shane is a top 
professional level antagonist. He is like the best older sibling, you know, that annoying older brother that you have that won't fucking let anything go and just keeps digging and digging and basically ruins your childhood for like years to come. That is Shane's level of quality when it comes to what he is doing right now. The biggest pop that I had in this entire episode, like the most visceral reaction I had is when Shane called Jose a bottom. Oh like, yeah, that was hilarious. He's, he's like, yeah, you look like a bottom right now after this or something like that. I died and Jose went off. He's like, what'd you just say? He was pissed. And Shane does it with so much, like he, he does it in the bitchiest way possible just to drive you crazy and I respect the hell out of that I loved it so much as well because I didn't know what a bottom was until kind of recently I learned (laughs) all of this stuff from some of my gay online friends shout out to Nicholas and my flexi sexual friend Zach Hogs yeah, it's, it's, um, it's so always, t- uh, always an education. Yeah, they taught me a whole lot. I didn't know that there was like a, you know, and then there's a verse and whatever. Anyway, so it was just really funny to me when he spewed that out there. And Jose got so mad. <laughs> that was awesome. That One of my so much favorite lines was in Shane's interview when they were uh, production was clearly talking to him about the fight, and they asked him something about the single or whatever. And Shane goes, "Yeah, do they draft single?" Yeah, um, Shane. Yeah, so Jose released a single, and you know he's doing really well in his music career, whatever it is. Um, and they were like had a fight about that. And Shane, in his interview, goes, "I'm sure it's a good single, but I'm a bitch. I'm not gonna <laughs> let him feel good about anything at this point." And to me, that right there was also something that tied so well into the Shane calling Devon a bitch fight because. This goes to show that, you know, this stays true to what Shane was saying, which was if it was a bitch move, I'm going to call it a bitch move, right? Mm-hmm. And he's calling himself a bitch, you know? He's yeah. he's self-bitching himself, you know? So this is like, he's obviously okay with it. So I think that, that then, was a really cool... Jose got, a, Jose got his song bumped on the show. He got a nice little <laughs> nice little boost there. I'm sure he got, he's, he's going to get a royalty check from that. So mm-hmm. not, not a bad business exchange. He got called a bottom in exchange for his... <laughs> his song being on the show and i didn't even know he had a sh- he had a song so i'm sure that there was tons yeah, of people who don't know he had a song so this and is this really now this has been talked about because shane and jose are going at it on twitter right now and so now this has been talked about now i know that jose's a rapper i didn't know that before this yeah there's um oh it's a rap song that's so yes. funny holy fuck i have to go i have to go listen to this yeah uh, we'll post the link on our on our pages guys because that is just something we cannot miss out on oh yeah, um, yeah. we're, we're going to share it Joss's we, little. We, we like Jose. Jose shown us some love before. We uh, love Jose. It's just in this case, he's going up up against my guy, so I can't. I, I don't side with you here. Yeah, I, I think aside from Cara, although I don't hate Cara as much as Zach does in the past few episodes, but I mean, aside from that, the re- Shane just won all of these fights today. It's not like because we hate all the people he went up against. He just absolutely slayed them all in this episode. Yeah, knockouts across the board. Um, yeah. And Greg brings up a great point that I want to talk about. Uh, well, this is a lead into it. Is that if you remember on Champs vs. Stars 3, well, some people said that on that that like air hockey or that that hockey challenge that they did, some people were like, man, Jose is just so bad and unathletic. But then at the reunion, Jose claimed that he threw that mission. He, he said that, that that was the one where Shane was yelling at him the whole time. And he claims that he threw it, which is why his team lost. So, okay, Jose, you've been, if, if, we, if you are to be believed, mm-hmm. then 
you've been in the headspace before where you have to throw a mission uh, to have, you know, for, for your best opportunity. Like you've done that before. Don't act like this is a foreign concept to you. Well, this is the hypocrisy. It's the same thing as when people tell other people to calm down when they get voted in, but then the second they get voted in, it's like instant panic and freak out mode. So, you know, I, I think that's and then bullshit. That was the the uh you know, that was the appetizer. Then we get the main course of one Johnny Bananas complaining about sabotaging a mission. Oh, we got this guy sabotaging a mission. Like who 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 does that, man? Who sabotages the mission? Well, Johnny, it wasn't that long ago that I watched, I believe it was, uh, Bloodlines, where you and your cousin during the DM, I believe it was the, the, the mission where CT and, and DM's sister uh, were on hand. Did you and your cousin and your, and I, your people not throw that mission blatantly? Mm. I seem to remember times. you doing that. He's done it a few times. I mean, he's oh, yeah. whether or not it's been him or people he's working with that he's convinced to throw things and whatever it is. I mean, he's he's not one to complain about this shit. You know, it's just he's just complaining at this point because he's on a, a losing a losing side and he doesn't really know what you know. He's gl- grasping at straws basically at this point. Yeah, you, you got to counter better than that, Johnny. Like you have to you have to take people's best shot and not complain about it. You you have to like do something about it. You can't you can't just like you can't just do the normal thing. You'd be like, oh, who, who does this? Man, wow, you're so cool. You're doing this. But but what you're complaining about is someone getting one over on you. So you have to fight. You have to counterpunch that. You have to bring it back to them. Mm-hmm. Don't complain. Just do. Greg just dropped a comment as well saying he let Sarah fall in the first Rivals 3 event, which is so true. So again, like another another yeah, piece of I, bullshit. I never, I never fully bought into that one. I, I was always wondering if that was just like, all right, he dropped dropped her and then she's like did you do that on purpose and he was kind of like oh yeah yeah i did it on purpose i'm not i'm not sure on that one <clears throat> i never i also never know you know it could be the, the jury's the out there you go um all right so joss's little puppet show i thought this was really funny because it was so clear that production had set this whole thing up to try and get him to do some <laughs> yep. money and then he just couldn't do it so he's like i can't fucking do this and then they still kept it in there which i thought was great it's like come on first of all give give our boy joss some better and more funny shit to do production please like the g and lasagna that was a great line let's have more of mm-hmm. those um anyways another comment i put down was just that jose's co- confidence was like booming through the roof i mean i couldn't believe what i was watching because considering his track record on the challenge i know we don't count champs versus stars so much as real seasons but just as a human he obviously counts that as part of his challenge experience you know and so that would factor into whether or not he should be confident on the show or not and he didn't do so well so i'm just confused as to like where all this stuff is coming from i mean i think it's great i love people who are oh, so it's, confident it's but... so entertaining like when when you've got two people that don't give a shit and they're going back and forth at each other that's excellent television have you do you follow jose on instagram his his social media presence is really funny <laughs> um i don't but i will jump on that but by the way i do want to give a quick shout out that you tagged me in a post that my girl chelsco had on instagram uh last week uh, so i now follow her i wasn't following her before you weren't uh, following no, chelsco no and, no and that was a big mistake on my wow. part now i am following chelsco full time wow and wow. i heard that she follows her fans back so hopefully i can i can earn a follow soon 
Yeah, well, listen, I hope she doesn't hear this. Um, okay, so then it yeah, gets towards the end of the whole fight and you see Nelson and Shane back on the screen again and they're sort of fighting. And I just wrote this down because I think Nelson's face was so funny. It was it was like that face that you make where you're just thinking to yourself, like, I can't bring this person fucking anywhere. Like, I can't, you know, we can't go in public. Like, I can't, I can't have you around. You're not like a friend that I can, I can rep in certain locations. And that's just how he feels about Shane for sure. Because every second Shane is starting a new fight with someone and Nelson is just like, why? Like, why? Why are you calling her a bitch? Say sorry. Why are you fighting with this person? Why are we throwing this mission? Why are we da-da-da? So I think Nelson is just really at a point where he doesn't know, he doesn't know what else to do. He's definitely fed up. It's like I said, uh, Nelson hasn't really done anything for me this season. And if he wanted to like really be making his mark, he would be jumping into the fights with Shane. He would he would be backing Shane up. That would that would be oh my god! Could, could you imagine how entertaining that would be if Nelson's popping off behind Shane? Yeah. I'd love like it. He, it's because Nelson doesn't get the strategy behind the fight, so it's confusing for him. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I do think he is like stuck trying to catch up and figure out why Shane is doing these things. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so wrap up the daily challenge. We get the results. Zach and Amanda are voted their MVP. Hunter announces this. Um, and then it's pretty much done. And I wrote at the end, like the pacing was really annoying to me because we were so spoiled with last week's and it was just much faster and more content. Mm. And I just loved it. So hopefully we get a faster paced episode next this, this week. Was, this episode was still two thumbs up from me. Um, it was not as good as last week. It didn't have as much in it, mm-hmm. uh, but the drama that they focused on, would, like I said, it actually paid off, which there have been episodes this season where it hasn't. Um, yeah, I agree with that. The thing that I was wondering, and I want to discuss, so they pretty much leave us with that. We get, we know who the MVP is, and we know that the episode next week is going to start with voting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, how do you think the voting next week will go? Uh, do, do you have like do you have an idea of who you think will end up being the team that gets the most votes? What are you thinking? I honestly am not too sure. I was actually thinking about a few different things that are going to factor into this, which is like who is still left in the Bananas Alliance? Who is still loyal to him? How is that going to play? Because is Zach still sort of working with Bananas? You know, are they still tight? Is that is that still a thing? Because if that is, then. Um, you know, Tony and Bananas are safe next week, which I don't think would have been the case if anybody else was MVP. Um, I think that they've painted like a huge target on their back. So they're they're on borrowed time right now. But Bananas in particular, I, you know, I think because it's Zach and Amanda that have that win, it's really a matter of who can they send in as opposed to who will they send in because they're spread out really thin alliance wise. And I don't really think they can make too many choices that isn't going to affect their game. You know, I think they're really down to like Davon and Jose. I, I don't think. Okay. So that's what I think is obvious. What I see happening is that, so one, there is a, you have to think about the Lavender Lady. So there's a Lavender Lady in the MVP position. So that's two votes right there that are controlled mm-hmm. and that Amanda has four or five five other people that she's working with now. Yeah. Um, so it's Amanda, Shane, Ashley, Sylvia. Um, I think that covers it. Um, well, I think, oh, I missed Kara and Marie. That's who I missed on Orange Team. Oh, okay. Um, so what I think is going to happen is that they are going to make the decision that Devon and Jose are the obvious team to vote in here. 
uh, mm -hmm. because one, you know, they might not be a threat to make it back from Redemption House, even though they already have once. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think that all those teams will feel comfortable, like if it comes down to it, like if we put our votes on this team and they call us into elimination, they'll feel like they have a good chance against them. Uh, so, so I'm not, not sure that that Devon and Jose, I, I, I don't, I don't think people will, will do. I, I I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to get the most votes, and then if like would Devon and Jose call? Let's say that Shane and Nelson vote for Day and Jose. Would Devon and Jose call them into elimination, knowing uh, that they probably lose? Well, it depends who else is up there, who else voted for them that they have as options. I don't think they would be too scared to go against Shane and Nelson, but I don't think that that would be their first choice either. And they're not really the type to make emotional decisions. I think Day would be a lot smarter than that. I if, I just I think it's going to be hard though. I mean, how how first of all, how are they going to play? This is the predicament you always make fun of me for getting into, which is the best friend predicament, which is mm. you know, everybody who how are you going to go after people when everybody is your best friend? And right now, I mean, it's looking like every team is every other team's best friend other than Tavon and Jose and maybe Johnny and Tony, but Tony still has a lot of friends and Johnny still has a few friends. So it's like this is a really difficult situation. It's going to come down to a matter of who's the bigger competition and also who has the worst person on their team that isn't the friend right so it's like marie has cara but is cara worse than tony having johnny you know what i'm saying like the people are gonna have to start breaking it down like that and friends are maybe gonna not be such friendly people soon i think that in the lavender ladies teams i think people will look at joss and sylvia as the matchup that they'd most like to try and exploit they'll look at sylvia as an extreme weakness even though even though she's proven herself in the past to not be that but that is her perception mm -hmm. that's why derek and tori called them into into elimination um and so i think if it comes to a case where next week that four teams four or five teams put their votes on davon and jose i think that the team most likely to be called into elimination by them would be joss and sylvia yeah you know i i i i could see that happening i could, but see that I could happening. also see jose you know saying fuck that we're gonna go after shane and nelson maybe that maybe that's what we'll get in elimination it's week. gonna be interesting what strategy they implement now will the will the you know will zach and amanda try and go about it in a sneakier way will they try and gain all the power like cam did i mean what's gonna be the voting strategy at play now i'm I, it's going to be interesting to see i'm just really curious as to how it's all going to play out amongst the friends because once davon and, and jose leave it's like who else are they going to start picking on and i, I think that there's going to be some serious battles between cara and marie when it comes to voting and the upcoming uh, eliminations and such because this is now going to get to the point where it's all of marie's closest friends that they're voting against um I don't know. It's going to be a fun one. Is Amanda yeah. as close to Marie? I don't feel like they are. I feel like it's more Marie is closer to Sylvia, who's really close to Cam. And then you have, you know, Ashley, who's really close to Amanda, who's really close to also Sylvia. So it sort of like ties back around, but maybe not necessarily all of them together. Yeah, I think that makes, uh, yeah, I've never really seen much with Marie and Amanda. So that's an interesting yeah. point. Mm -hmm. uh, so that could be that could also be you know target that they go for. We don't really know exactly yeah. how it's going to go. And it's yeah, I mean that 
pretty much sums it up. That's where we're at. Um, yeah. Um, very excited for next week. We have, you know, lots of trust issues going on between Marie and somebody else. We have some creepy, creepy water elimination. It looks like an alien. Um, and then the double cross. So we'll, you know, we'll keep you guys posted. Um, and we're very excited for what's to come. Some announcements. Uh, if you guys are, if you guys are interested, there are, you know, certain casting call leaks that have gone out for season 33 for the next season. Yes. You know, we Spoilers. won't spoil anything. I wasn't super impressed by what I saw, but there is like one name on there that people do want to see return. It's a female. Um, so if, if you guys want to look into that, th there are updates out there. Yeah, check them out. Spoilers for season 33. There's not too much going on. A few like format spoilers, things like that. So hopefully we'll get more soon. Um, check out, be sure to check out the Saniac Podcast website. We're saniacpodcast.com. We're also on all social media platforms at Saniac Podcast. Um, and something that we want to discuss before we sign out tonight is Venezuela. So Venezuela is actually one of our biggest audiences, something that we didn't realize um, until oh, yeah. recently. Venezuela's killing it right now. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's fantastic. That we have more listeners in Venezuela than any other country other than the U.S. So Venezuela, thank you so much for listening and for caring about our show and caring about the challenge. And to all of our listeners that are not from Venezuela, I really encourage you to dig into what is going on there. It is tragic. It is catastrophic. It is horrific. I feel for the people there. I feel for the citizens that live there and for the citizens that left and still have family back there. Um, and so we're with you. 100%. And while I would love to direct you guys to a great organization, I'm still reaching out to a lot of my friends who have family there. And I want something that is going to be a tangible method for you guys all to help and to actually be able to do something um, to benefit them and benefit the country. And that to me does not mean sending you guys to one of the giant NGOs out there, these nonprofits that just eat up money and salaries. So Stay tuned and we'll be posting various ways that you can help them um, and get informed and all of that. Um, and other than that, be sure to tag us and let us know what you think about this episode. Subscribe to us on iTunes and all of our other podcast platforms. We are essentially everywhere. Um, and we hope you guys enjoyed the episode and stay tuned. We will be back. Thank you guys. Subscribe and rate on iTunes. Yeah, rate us.